Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the UB40 to my Sean Kingston. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? I'm good, and I have a glass of red, red wine with a beautiful girl standing right next to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> that, that's, uh, that, that is uh, That's enviable. very unlike me, because I don't drink red wine, and, uh, well, yeah. You don't drink, you don't drink red wine? Aww. I mean, I, I will if, if, if you serve it to me, but I prefer white wine. Well, I am standing next to an eeny, meeny, miny, mo lover, of course. Because I'm Sean Kingston. Uh, no, because you can't help falling in love. <laughs> I can't. Um, we're talking about reggae pop artists with uh, notable reggae pop smashes because we are going to be talking about Omi on the Hot 100 number one this week. And it's it's a fun week, man, because not only is number one Omi's cheerleader, but Omi stopped by the Pop Shop podcast actually literally less than an hour ago before we're taping this to talk about cheerleader hitting number one and everything about the unexpected rise of this song in the U.S. Uh, really great chat. We will get to that in a second. Keith, we're also going to be talking about a couple moves on the Hot 100 by The weekend and Fetty Wap some soon-to-be-hits. Uh, Louis Tomlinson's going to be a dad. We're going to get to that. Um, I thought you were going to say, Louis Tomlinson's going to be a guest on the show. I'm like, can you imagine? Someday. Internet melts. Hey, I got that Louis retweet. Why not? Let's let's make it happen. Um, Hot 100 Fest, which is coming up next month. We we were, uh, we wanted to talk about it last week, but it w- we were still like a day away from announcing the lineup, so now we can actually talk about it because the lineup's out. We will be talking about next week's show, which is our 100th episode, and some other housekeeping stuff as well. Keith, before we get into it, just a heads up. If you love the Pop Shop Podcast like we love the Pop Shop Podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes so you never, ever miss an episode. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. We always appreciate it. Hit us up on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. And go to iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts for more Billboard podcast. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll? Yes. All right, man. I, I, I'm I'm gonna start this show by patting myself on the back a little bit because Cheerleaders number one, it, it knocks off See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth, that which was number one for twelve weeks. We've been talking a lot about Cheerleader, uh, and for those who've been listening to the show for the past couple weeks, even the past month or month or two, they they know that I've been you know riding that cheerleader train very hard and 
you know choo 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 indeed it's so it's the omi train come on ride a train and you know you love omi no but i uh i just uh, I'm suddenly i'm doing cameo word up ow <laughs> never mind i thought you were doing that's, quad that's city djs saying. Well, I started with Quad City GJs, you know, come on, ride the train, but it has that uh, uh, sound, ride that which segues train. right into like, like cameo, word up, uh, is the code word, Jason, anyway, back to you. I love the early to mid-90s hits. Uh, Keith, so Omi hits number one, and See You Again is out of number one, and before we, you know, we, we're, we're getting to Omi himself later in the show, but let's talk about See You Again, which was, like I said, number one for 12 weeks. Do we have to talk about See You Again? Really? Still again? It, it's, well, I just, I, we I, I wanted enough? to ask that because it was number one for so long, it's still number two, probably still has a great shot at Song of the Summer, correct? Yeah, I would imagine. So. I mean, just, it's one of those things. Song of the Summer, of course, is the chart that we publish on a weekly basis here at Billboard.com. And at the end of the summer, we have a big recap of the biggest songs of the summer, as we do every summer. And of course, Jason and I, uh, earlier this year, talked about who we thought would be the songs of the summer, uh, and I think Jason might be doing slightly better than me uh, in his predictions. I don't know. I think uh, we're pretty even because you said "See You Again," I, I said, said "See Omi. You Again" would be the song of the summer. Yeah. So. And you said "Omi." So. Hey, we're um, we're, we'll we're pretty smart, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, "See You Again" has such has such a huge head start that yeah. I think you know it's going to be tough to tough to knock it off its perch, but you never know. You never All you know, need man. is a cheerleader by your side. Indeed. Uh, meanwhile, the weekend continues to kill it on the Hot 100. Can't feel my face moves up three spots to number three now. And you know, Jason, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Oh, but I love it. I, can't feel my face I feel like you're a big fan of "Can't Feel My Face." It's kind of great, right? It's such a good song. So good. It's so good. This is it. We we are witnessing the the weekend crossover moment. Uh, it, which the ascension might of the weekend. Yeah, it's like certifiable pop star. Yeah, it's like he's a huge deal, and we're gonna get to. When Taylor Swift brings you up on stage at a concert to sing, "Can't Feel My Face," that's a moment, you know. Yeah, Taylor Swift's been been bringing out uh the the A listers lately. She brought out Lord in Washington D.C. She brought out Jason Derulo. Uh, Tuesday night, and you know she's uh, she's got a, a pretty sizable Rolodex, I guess. That Taylor Swift. I think that, not to hijack your entire train of thought here, but I think there's a story on Billboard.com that we could do uh, where it says, "Who else would we like to see mm. partner up for a surprise duet on Taylor Swift's tour?" Man, I think like the Lo- the Lord one was pretty cool, uh, but um, I don't know. I don't know who else. I g- I feel like Sheeran's coming, like because. You know they're they're such good friends. Opened on the last tour, so has that never happened before? Like oh, oh no, well mean, not oh, well, not well, not on Europe this tour right yet. Now. Not on this tour yet. Okay, but I'm I'm waiting for you know like you know please welcome Janet Jackson. Like oh. I mean if she can bring out J Lo, like yeah. I'm I'm totally waiting for like the Madonna cameo, the Janet cameo, you know out drops. You know, I mean she her taste in music is so all over the map that it could be anyone any night. Well, it was pretty cool. Uh, I did not go to see her uh, near New York, but a lot of my colleagues did, and and she brought out the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team, and and which was a pretty cool moment. Anyway, back yeah. to the, back to the Hot 100. Like like I said, can't feel Sorry. my face doing number uh, 
at number three, doing really well. Meanwhile, the Hills by the weekend up to number 12, so he might have two top 10 hits next week. Um, to follow, uh, another top 10 t- hit from earlier this year earned it from the 50 Shades of Grey soundtrack. It, it's been an incredible run for the weekend to, you know, four years ago was this mysterious guy releasing mixtapes and never having press photos of himself taken. Um, meanwhile, Keith, Fetty Wap, our friend Fetty Wap, uh, another another guy playing the Hot 100 Festival, has another top 20 hit, 679, zooms to number 19, up 15 spots. So for those... Yeah, did we mention that The weekend is headlining the Hot 100 Festival? We did. <laughs> did we did? Did we actually didn't say we? those words? Okay. Just I think I just skipped over that in my brain. But yes, The weekend, and we'll get to the Hot 100 Festival, but yeah, The weekend is a headliner. I can't wait for this. Uh, I can't wait to can't feel my face um yeah, it's like you can't wait to have your face melt off what yeah By weekend headlining the show yeah i i feel Just like continue you know he he's a headliner and i feel like he's earned it <laughs> anyway uh yeah fetty wap now has his second top 20 hit uh so six seven nine he is quickly establishing himself as, as someone, you know, we, we see, we've talked about it on this show before, how the second hit is, is almost as important as the first hit, just in terms of, of establishing longevity. You, you don't want to be in a situation like a band like Magic, where you have Rude as a number one smash, but struggling to follow it up. You want to kind of keep your foot in the door when it gets there, and it seems like Fetty Wap's doing a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I agree. Anything <laughs> else? <laughs> any, uh, before we get to soon-to-be hits, anything else stand out to you on the on the Hot 100 this week, man? Um. Well, you know, I mean, it was it was kind of this is like w- th- this chart week is kind of like a crazy transition chart. That's week. That's true. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with what we talked about last week on the show, so I won't go into lurid detail. But we now have this Friday release day, this global release day, where everything comes out on Fridays now, and because of that, we've switched up our tracking weeks a little bit. So. All the charts that you see on Billboard.com that are dated July 25th, um, th- they're all this transition chart, basically. Um, so if they look a little weird, it's because we're kind of in like a weird sort of kind of quasi-holding pattern, especially on the album charts. So everything will be kind of back to normal, in a way, starting next week, especially with the album charts. But yeah, if you guys are looking at any of the charts and you're wondering, hmm, this looks a little funny, well, that's why. It's because we're in this weird sort of... Uh, hinterlands in between tracking periods and this whole global release day stuff yeah it's 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 definitely a change and but this week has been kind of cool because we had like two different hot 100 charts within like the span of five days and it was like ah all right yeah yeah the 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 charts that we're talking about in this podcast actually went up on our website on tuesday um you know two days ago and we actually broke you know, what the top 10 albums were last Saturday. So the schedules, we're, we're getting used to this whole new schedule and the, the timing of stuff. So we're getting, we're working out the kinks. Everything will be really cool and copacetic in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, bef- before we get to soon-to-be-hits as well, speaking of global release days, should we should we talk about, um, just in terms of housekeeping, the, the Pop Shop podcast moving forward and how it's... I mean, uh, we've got, I've gotten a ton of questions. Uh, have you gotten a ton of questions on, on Twitter and, and whatnot about the Pop Shop podcast shifting days to, to kind of reflect global release date? 
No, perhaps people are talking or asking you more because they know that you're in charge. Um, <laughs> That's not true. You're the chart master. I'm not in charge. I've gotten lots of questions about, like on Saturday, I was getting questions from people saying, hey, where's your story? You said it'd be posted on the website. Mm. We ran in a little, we, actually, we ran, I, I said Saturday, but I what I meant to say was it ran late and it posted Sunday morning. So that's how things are so crazy this week. Um yeah, I think we're, Jason, I think the safe thing to say is that we're looking at uh, moving when the podcast actually um, posts on the website uh, yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think that what, he, here's the party line as of right now. I, I think we're going to try out posting it on Tuesday mornings um, instead of Thursday mornings just because what we what we like to do is we, we usually tape this on Wednesdays right when the charts come out so we can mix some music and, and toss in an interview and, and get the Pop Shop podcast all ready for Thursday morning posting on Billboard.com and on iTunes. But moving forward, actually, we're, we're going to have another Thursday show next week just for the 100th episode. We, we don't want to screw anybody up. So that's going to be posted next Thursday, the 23rd. So look for it on iTunes. We'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. But I, I think the week after that, which is, if I'm doing my math correct, the 28th would be that Tuesday. It's probably going to be the first Tuesday to feature a new pop shop podcast and then it's going to be on tuesdays moving forward so we don't get backtracked on, on and, and start talking about half week old charts and uh, i think it's the right move man and i i hope uh, everyone listening i hope that doesn't screw up you know your expectations of the pop shop podcast maybe you look forward to it on thursdays now you can look forward to it every tuesday um keith anyway let's do it man so we're talking about the hot 100 Let's talk about a couple songs that are not in the top 20, not in the top 40, not even in the top 60, if there is such a thing, but they could be there soon enough. That is why we call these Soon Be Hits. All right, man, we got two Soon To Be Hits, and you know what? I will go first, if you don't if you don't oh, mind. Oh, hey, all right. All right, all right, all right. Wow, I didn't know you were going to be that animated about me going first, but uh, I love it. I'm so... I'm doing my Matthew. I'm doing my best Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, so on this week's Hot 100 chart, uh, the song "Do It Again" from Pia Mia featuring Chris Brown and Tyga moves up nine spots, 86 to number 77. Pia Mia is a singer-songwriter from Guam, and "Do It Again" is a song. It is her first official single. Came out in May. She is on Interscope, and obviously. This is a song that is a lot of fun. It's a very rhythmic single. Uh, it sounds like a hit. It sounds like a summary hit. It features, obviously, Chris Brown and Tyga, who've worked extensively together in the past. And it is slowly creeping up. Um, now number 77, so one to keep an eye on. Check it out. Fun song. Uh, I'm not a, uh, not a huge Chris Brown fan, not a huge Tyga fan, but I really like the energy that Pia Mia gives this track. So check out Do It Again. <laughs> hey yo! I just like making weird sounds with my boys. Don't know what I'm doing. I love hey, it. It's my turn though, isn't it? It is, man. You know? It's you're up. You're you up to it. bat. You're like Icona Pop, um, sort of ish. <laughs> they they love it. I um, no, anyway. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my soon to be hit is uh, by a band that's actually been around and kicking around on the Billboard charts since 2006. It's a band called Need to Breathe. 
Um, they have a song called Brother, which features Gavin DeGraw on vocals, um, joining the band on vocals. Um, it's a song that's actually more than a year old. Um, it's It's been number one for the past nine weeks on our Hot Christian Songs chart, but it's finally crossing over to mainstream audiences. The song is charting on our Adult Pop Songs chart, and it's currently in, I believe, its second week on the Hot 100 chart. Um, it's down towards the bottom of the chart, actually. It is, ooh, heaven help me, I don't know where it is, but I'll tell you in a second. Oh, hey, look, it goes a 100 to 98. I know that isn't terribly exciting in terms of chart positions, but Need to Breathe has been around for a while, but they've never actually had a Hot 100 hit until that's amazing. That's song. amazing to me, just because they've been around for such a long time. Well, it's one of those. It's one of those things where a lot of acts that have a lot of success on our Christian charts or gospel charts don't usually cross over to mainstream audiences. So this is they're having a big moment. This song has kind of I want to say like a Kings of Leon kind of uplifting, um, like sort of whoosh feel to it. A whoosh, um, I love it's that. Very, well, it's you know it's all about you know like you know like I mean the the name of the song it gives you some contextual clues, brother. It's kind of like you know I'll support you and like we're all here we're all in it together kind of vibe. Um, but I think you might like it. I I surprisingly um, like the song and I'm I'm not super familiar with Need to Breathe. So anyway, there you go. There's your other uh, soon to be hit. It's Need to Breathe, uh, brother featuring Gavin DeGraw, their first Hot 100 hit. Woo-hoo. Very cool. Pia and Need to Breathe on soon to be hits. All right, man, we got to talk a little bit about One Direction because they have had a busy week. It's It's been a busy week for 1D. Um, there's, a baby, there's a baby D on the way. A little baby, a baby D. Baby direction. Uh, baby. Yeah, it's, I, I was shocked by this. Louis Tomlinson is going Have to you, be a father. Uh, I was going to say, I'm like, we should say Louis Tomlinson, a member of One Direction. Um, we've conf- He hasn't actually said anything as of this point, but who knows by the time people hear this. He hasn't actually said anything publicly, but uh, it has been confirmed through sources that he's going to be a dad. Indeed, we did uh, confirm through sources that he is going to be a dad. Uh, People.com uh, ran a, a very extensive story about it. Uh, Friends says that he will be a, quote, hands-on dad, end quote. Uh, As opposed to one of those those hands-off dads that are such deadbeats, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. I like the way it's like, he's going to be a hands-on dad. Well, what's the other option? He just gives away the kid for, like, adoption. <laughs> I know. Just wants to clarify. He's going re- to be a be really present. attentive father. Um, but he's, no- really, he's really going to, you know, pay attention to the kid. Well, of course he is. He, so he and... Uh, Brianna Jungworth uh, are expecting their first baby together early next year. Uh, supposedly very happy about it. And, you know, I first of all, congrats to Louie uh, if he's listening. Uh, seriously, that's it's, it's amazing news. And, Keith, just from – we got to go away from the personal aspect and just talk about the pop aspect because we are the Pop Show Podcast. How do you think this affects One Direction's future now – one when Zane left, the the four remaining members were all about staying together and and continuing them to tour and make music. Do you think this affects One Direction in a in a way that's it's going to slow down? It's even more clear that it's going to slow down. Not really. I don't. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. Um, a perceptible difference, I think, to the audience, um, because and you know the, it's just it comes down to. Who's doing the bulk of the heavy lifting when it comes to being pregnant? Oh, I don't know, the mom. So, um, you know, if this were a girl group 
and like someone in like say fifth harmony or little mix you know became pregnant well that could really change the typical expectations of a member of a girl group if you happen to be pregnant when you're the dad you know he'll probably take some time off you know um you know a maternity paternity leave maternity leave whatever you call it mm-hmm. um and and if this is supposed to happen early next year then that would in theory be when they're doing their normal promotion cycle supporting the album that will probably come out in november ish you know you expect the album the new album will probably come out you have to assume yeah so like you know at that point they're probably doing the normal promo run of like tv shows and award shows and making music videos so it might be a good time for him to take a little bit of time off step away you know i think i think this will be you know probably you know they have bigger issues like they lost a member of the group named Zane. <laughs> so I mean, I, I mean where'd they, he go they got, they got a lot of stuff on their plate they lost him hey um i don't know what do you think do you think do you think this will be a huge like wrench in the in the system no i don't think i don't, I, think, so. I don't think it's a wrench but i i, I i'm kind of reading the tea leaves on this and again they haven't said anything um it's business as usual just in terms of the group and that's what i'm gonna assume is is what you know when they start making statements about this it's it's going to be something uh, along the lines of that, but I do think you know it, you got to put yourself in the shoes of Louis Tomlinson, and you know you've spent. They're lined with money and gold. <laughs> they are lined with money and gold. You have spent the past half decade doing music and supporting that music nonstop, and now early 2016, you're going to be a father. I don't think it's unreasonable to say. We gotta, we gotta slow this down. Like, well, they yeah, they they've been on like a, a nonstop pop train that hasn't. They, they've barely had any time off, so that could give them a nice break, you know, a nice significant break, you know. Um, yeah, we'll see. I suppose, and, and you know, it, it's hard because once these things slow down, we we've seen with other boy bands in the past. Once once these things slow down. It's hard to start them back up. Yeah, exactly. They they often stop or they just completely lose that sort of pop culture interest. Um, you know, Backstreet Boys after Black and Blue took about a five year break between uh, before 2005's Never Gone, and, and then they returned as the Backstreet Men. And well, that has a different <laughs> connotation to it altogether. Yeah, and you know, this is this is the reality for them. It's either continue to press on and or you know. Have have a reality check. Really, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I I, I agree with you that we're going to see another album most likely before the end of the year. That's that's what they've said months ago, and we they, have they to. They were out in that. L.A. recording it. You yeah. know, when they were at the Billboard Awards, they were out here recording it. So I would imagine that's probably. I would imagine most of it's probably kind of done and in the can. Yeah. Um, or at least in, in portions of it are probably in finished. So you know, they're but they're busy with that tour. I look forward to seeing what they might say on stage about anything. <laughs> I think they're in Seattle next. I think that might be tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you guys hear this. Podcast. Yeah. So congrats Those again sessions. to Louie and Brianna. Very cool news. Uh, meanwhile, Zane, uh, speaking of uh, former 1D, Zane oh. uh, is, was fighting with Naughty Boy on Twitter earlier this, earlier this week, so it doesn't look like there's any love lost there. Hosein, Hosein. Um, anyway, Keith, <laughs> let's let's move on to. I was like, how's Nile doing? Is Nile doing all right? Nile's doing great. 
By the way, I guess I should mention that it is Boy Band Week on Billboard.com. And I know. What perfect timing, Louie. Thank you. Seriously, man. Uh, no, we, we've, we've been doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, you're smack dab in, in the middle of Boy Band Week. We've been doing a ton of, of fun stuff. We have uh, a Boy Band Fantasy Draft, as we always do. We have lists upon lists of the best Boy Band songs, the most boy underrated. Boy Band Fantasy Draft. Yeah, like is that is that like what? How does that work? Is that like an interactive thing where I can like you know pick like my fantasy you know group has you know Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson, and Nick Carter? Unfortunately, it is that, not an interactive crew, fantasy it? draft. We we in the Billboard New York office had our own boy band fantasy draft. All the uh, oh, it's just one of those things where you don't include me again, so I wasn't on the phone call. Is that what happened? You had to be in New York, man. We were all in like a boardroom. Oh my God! Like you included me when we did like that big Madonna <laughs> roundtable. It's true. I guess Denied we could have put you in again. No, come on. We I, I would have loved to have you in the the boy band fantasy draft, but it was uh, it would have been too hard. It's all visual. You, we had a big board, a big whiteboard. Oh, I guess I could have like FaceTime with you. Taking people down off the board and stuff. Exactly. Well, it doesn't exactly. mean that you couldn't have tried. I know. Um, Next I could have been on like a like a video conference. Anyway, <laughs> so is that is that story already up online? Can people see that? It is already up online. Check that out on Billboard.com, and we'll have more fun stuff from Boy Band Week. Who's your favorite come? boy band? Who's your favorite, favorite boy band? Well, person? one of the things we did uh, in the first day of Boy Band Week, which was Monday was we had a great debate between myself and Aaron Strecker, uh, another pop editor at Billboard.com. Boy, Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. I repped hard for Backstreet Boys. She repped hard for NSYNC. We traded emails basically for like a day and a half <laughs> about which one was the superior turn of the millennium boy band. So check that out as well on Billboard.com. Ba- Backstreet Boys. So are your favorite boy band is Backstreet Boys. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh wow! Okay. Who's yours? I don't. I don't have a favorite boy band. I have a. I, I guess I sort of have a quasi favored group that is not actually a boy band because there's there's a whole segment of sort of young guys who are all in a group but they play instruments so we don't call them boy bands even though they technically actually are by definition bands with boys in them. It's true. Um, like Five Seconds of Summer, we they aren't really a proper boy band, but they're kind of like a boy band. And there's a story that we have online about how they're kind of like a, a newfangled boy band, like the best kind of boy band that there is or something. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Th- it, I like it was a great story as well. All part of boy band week. Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and I'll say this and I'll move on. Uh, I like McFly. I've talked about them a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, you do UK. like McFly. Are you a, a, a UK um, band? Yeah. Are you a um, Westlife fan? Um, I feel like you'd West be a Westlife, Life? Westlife, yeah, or take that. Um, there, I mean, Westlife. Either, no, either I wasn't or. Really much of a Westlife person. Not. Um, I, I've, I, I'm slightly more aware of Take That's music. I actually know a handful of their songs. Well, there you go, man. Both British boy bands. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Hot 100 Festival, and beca- because I, I'm so excited about this. Um, Billboard is having a, a Hot 100 Music Festival August 22nd and We're 23rd. A festival. At like, like yeah. a full-on festival, like a Lollapalooza-like type thing. Basically, like a, it's it's going to be two days weird. at uh, Nikon. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I, I got to get you out. I, I hope you can come out for it. Hey, you got the budget? I got the time. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if it works out. I'll buy your I'll buy your plane ticket right after this. Um August twenty yeah, second, Nikon Jones Beach. Nikon at Jones Beach Theater in New York, uh, August twenty second and twenty third. 
The headliners are The Weeknd, Skrillex, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Axwell and Engrosso, Kygo, Jason Derulo, and a very special performance by Justin Bieber. And we, we have, it's funny because there, there's a, a lot more on this lineup uh, in, in terms of the, the performers over the, the two days. Uh, Betty Who? Yeah, Kaisa? what I was going to say nice. is a, a lot of Pop Shop podcast friends. You got uh, yeah. Betty Who, MKTO, Rin Weaver's been Little on, Mix, Natalie LaRose, right? Kaiza. Um, yeah, man, Little Mix. The, the mixers, the mixers are pumped for Little Mix at the Hot 100 Festival. I will, I will say that. I, it, it's a two day. It's a, I think it's a two day festival, right? Two day festival. I believe tickets are going on sale. Yes, they are tomorrow. Uh, we're t- by the time you hear this, they will be on sale 10 a.m. Eastern, July 16th at LiveNation.com. So go. Maybe. I, I will be there. Hopefully Keith will be there as well. Maybe next year we'll actually have 100 acts play the Hot 100 Festival. Ooh. We don't have 100 this year. Yeah, I think, I think we have it, around 40. It would make 40, sense if we had so. 100 acts. I, I, eh, I, maybe I, next year we have we have top we have the top forty acts playing the Hotline Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we got to get to Omi uh, again. Omi number one this week with Cheerleader, Jamaican artist who put out a version of Cheerleader in 2012. Now three years later, after the song has taken over multiple countries, it finally has taken over the U.S. He he was a, a great interview, great guy, very interesting take on how the song came together and the lyrics of the song. So here's Omi on the Pop Shop Podcast. She is always in my corner right there when I wanna. All these other girls are tempting. Omi, thanks for stopping by the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast, man. It's my absolute man. pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. I, You know, I'm thrilled because <laughs> here's here's the thing. We This is going up on our podcast, and for the last couple weeks mm-hmm. on our podcast, um, I've been saying cheerleader is going to be a huge hit, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my my co-host has been rolling his eyes basically and being like, not that not that the song's not going to be a huge hit, but right. he's like, why like this song? He was like, this song's at number like sixty right now. What it's at right, number right. forty-seven? Like why? And I was like, no, this is going to be massive. And wow. my question to you is, this song has been massive in so many parts of the world. Did you have an inkling like? that it was going to happen in the U.S. eventually. I mean, like over 52 countries. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And, um, yeah, I U.S. is so close to Jamaica, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of how Americanized we are. You know, we are so in the loop with everything that's happening here. And, you know, every artist, I think, as, aspire to, you know, have their big break in America. You know, so uh, this has always been, like, one of the places on my agenda, like, I... I really, really want to be, you know, uh, known uh, here in America. Uh, so when when I heard that, you know, I was number one, and the single went platinum, and everything was so hard to digest all at once, you know, because it was such good news. I mean, it was just an overwhelming feeling. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Did you did yeah. you did you grow up listening to uh, like U.S. pop radio? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we. I'm telling you, Jamaica is so. Well, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's right there. Definitely, you know. Who were some of your favorite artists growing up? Well, um, I was mostly into hip hop, especially in my high school years. You nice. know, um, I'm, I listened to all the greats. You know, uh, Tupac, Biggie, Eminem, Jay Z, you name it. And um, you know, I was so fascinated, you know, with the culture and everything. You know, so U.S. was always like, you know, that target. Like, yeah, I really want to be known in the U.S. for my music. So you have this song that's a hit. For those who are listening and don't know, this mm-hmm. song came out three years ago yeah (laughs) it's a long (laughs) time in a while i mean like 
to give people perspective, like Mitt Romney was like running for president when mm. this song came out, and like <laughs> you know, it's it's been a while. I know, uh, I know. I mean, you know, but there was so much hard work, you know, being put in uh, behind the curtains. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people wouldn't see that. You know, they they are saying that the song came from out of nowhere, but actually, you know, we've seen it grown over a period of time, and um, I think that's a beautiful thing. It's a journey that I wouldn't trade you know for anything yeah you know i enjoyed every moment of it and it makes this point even more rewarding you know well i'm sure that i mean first of all the the song was a hit when it came out mm-hmm. uh just not in the u.s initially and i'm sure that you were Very in a mo- limited uh countries as a matter of fact uh, just jamaica yeah jamaica um, dubai mm-hmm. maybe and hawaii yeah you that, know? it's it's funny because it's like jamaica and and then hawaii somehow latched onto it too. you know it's, so it's funny it, how that happened so that was crazy and you know it just went viral like you know on youtube and 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 those other uh medias and you know i saw kids doing cover versions of it so we knew it had the potential to do like really well you know because i don't know kids has you know kids have like a a sixth sense yeah. on when a song is going to be hit and they kind of give you their stamp of approval you know and you can go off you know based on that so um we we knew that the song had the potential to do well uh so when felix and i i got signed to ultra what uh 2013 mm-hmm. and um felix Yen, he's with ultra he you know they were on board with the project they loved the song they wanted to do a remix uh they actually did two there was a ricky blaze version mm-hmm. there was a felix Yen version and um, I like both of them, but I I, I found Felixian's uh, version to be, you know, true to the essence of the song, you know, because yeah. why you want to get people dancing, you still want, you know, them to understand what this is about and feel a sense of, you know, intimacy as it relates to the song. And um, I think he achieved that very well. He s- still kept it popping, you yeah, know, but yeah. um, but it's still relatable. He put his know. own little flip on it. Of course, of course. It, you know, what I was going to ask is, it's interesting to hear the steps that it took to get to that point because, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're a musician. Mm-hmm. You you put out a song. It's a hit in a, in a couple of different places. But I'm sure there's a point where it's like, all right, it's been a year. It's been a year and a half. I want to move on. Mm-hmm. Yet this song has taken on a new life. What what is that process like for you? You know what. It's not being afraid, as an artist, it's not being afraid to do the promotions. And I say as an artist because, you know, I always tell myself that I hate when people say, uh, oh, artist, 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 you know, because there's a stigma attached to that. And I mean, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. But the point where, you, where you're an artist is when you're assigned to a label, in my opinion, you know, and you have to carry out the duties as an artist and the obligations as an artist. And that means making the appearances, you know, doing the interviews, talking to people, going to uh, anywhere you want your music to reach, you know, just n- be, not being afraid of doing the work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very hard, you know, but you have to do it. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that was a big part of the formula that worked, you know, and people became interested in what it was. Because if you're able, if you were willing to travel from Jamaica yeah. to my country to promote this thing, okay, let me see what it is and what it's about. Well, you know? w- what was it like when the song was a, was a hit o- in Europe, which was basically last year, right? Exactly. But we didn't start, you know, we didn't start going to Europe until like February, I think, you know, and that we we visited Sweden first because it was like four times platinum there you know I was surprised with a uh, a plaque you, you know, say you say it so course, casually like yeah. yeah we stopped by Sweden it was yeah. four times platinum you know and uh, I mean I was pretty excited 
you know and every time every time it happens i get more and more excited yeah. you know it's like it, it it doesn't get it it never gets old and i become more humbled by it and more appreciative yeah yeah when when um when you wrote this song what was there a cheerleader in mind i want to tell you that this wasn't even supposed to be a song this was like a really? concept this i had i was in the process of developing my catalog and um i had this idea that i wanted to do an interlude you know not a whole song it was supposed to be short there wasn't supposed to be a beat um underneath it there wasn't supposed to be any live music just um vocals um and this was the whole idea uh when i met my manager he said no we need to make this into a song yeah you know you need to write another verse and you know make it longer and we're going to put a beat you know and he brought in Sly Dunbar and he brought in Dean Fraser played horns on it Sly played drums and you know it was just so creative and that that energy you know different talents coming into to to make this happen and um he said this is this is going to be a hit yeah you know and it was you know but we knew it had the potential to do a lot a lot more at what point did you see i mean th- this is the song's been steadily growing in north america over the past couple months it's been it, it was a number one hit other places but was there a moment you can remember where you were like wow this actually really could happen in in the u.s most definitely there were there were um all right when i was in the uk before i became platinum in the uk and before we broke the record of um <clears throat> being like the first jamaican to have the song on that you know number one spot for like four weeks mm-hmm. and then we went platinum I I was like okay UK the US can't be too far <laughs> you know <laughs> that was that point you know and and I know that we were steadily growing and you know it just f- all felt so positive mm-hmm. and there was so much to look forward to and I also saw the drive and determination you know of the team and how psyched they were about it and passionate you know and that also got me a little bit more passionate and psyched about it cuz you know after traveling so much your energy starts to drain and you know yeah but they were um hyped up about it and i really appreciate that yeah I, I wanted to ask about the lyrics of the song because i i find it interesting just a lot of like internet chatter <clears throat> and whatnot right. um a lot of people take a line like she's my genie in a bottle and it's mm-hmm. like well you know women shouldn't just be like genies in bottles and mm-hmm. I, i'm curious as to what you think about that like that kind of male female like gender dynamic mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's a fun dance song but people are re- really thinking about these things what what do you think about something like well, that well you know what i think from this perspective i'm singing to a female mm-hmm. now a female can sing the same song and dedicate it to a male what more can i say uh, there are male cheerleaders exactly you know so um it's not a case where you know it's gender uh, what you call it you know yeah i mean it's it's a pretty straightforward song and it's really paying tribute to that supporting factor in your life you know what i mean so that's what it's about do you have strong females in your life supporting you as, as my mom is going? like my biggest cheerleader man yeah that's my awesome. mom is like my biggest cheerleader she has believed in me from day one literally she's you know? she's still in jamaica yeah she's still in jamaica um she she just picked up where my dad left off you know and she you know did both jobs being a mom and a dad and um you know that's that's one of the things that you know makes you respect uh, a a woman and the strength of a woman and you know just adore that 
Very cool, man. So last thing I want to ask about, you have some some shows coming up. You performed last night mm -hmm. on television, and now you're performing tonight in New York. We're taping yeah. this in New York. Yeah. Uh, do you like the U.S.? Do you do you? No, do you I love I love the U.S. And you know, perf being a performer, you know, you perform in so many different countries, and you know, some of the countries have you know they have like a language uh, barrier, you know, yeah. so to speak, and they might not be able to speak English, but they can sing the songs word for word. It's weird. Don't ask me how, <laughs> you know, but they're able to do that, um, you know, and which I really applaud, you know. But in the U.S., they also speak English. So it makes it, you know, a little bit easier to convey the messages of the, you know, songs and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you, man. Uh, Thank you're you dominating so much. the U.S. charts. Uh, seriously, congrats. And it, it's been Thank so you. cool having you come in on the, the week. The song goes number one. So, uh, Thank you. Thanks, man. I think that I found myself a cheerleader. She is always right there when I so congrats again to Omi, and thanks to him for stopping by. It was it was kind of fortuitous timing. It, we had this, um, you know, I, I've been saying for weeks that we got to get Omi on the Pop Shop podcast, man. Uh, and it just look sort how of... Look that worked out. Yeah, look <laughs> look how it worked out where the song is number one this week, and now he's on the podcast. Keith, are you ready? I am. For your Charts Out of the Week. Hey. So, this week, in 1980, meaning 35 years ago, on July 19th, 1980, Billy Joel, the piano man, got his first number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 with, can you guess, actually, Jason, what the song was? Because I haven't actually prepped Jason the verse for this, so maybe he can take a wild stab oh, here. Oh, man. At this. I, I'm, I'm going to admit, mm. I, I am not a Billy, not a Joel, Billy guy, Joel guy, and uh, right. so, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to try You'd, you'd be guessing we didn't start the fire, probably. No, um, I know I, I know enough to know that that would not be his first big hit, but anyway. Uh, anyway, so his first number one actually was It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, there's a new... Anyway, I'm not going to sing it for you because clearly I can't remember <laughs> Keep the lyrics going, that man. well. Um, it's funny it's one of those songs where like i know how it goes but i can't think of the actual lyrics anyway so yeah he got his first number one this week in 1980 he's actually had a total of three number one hits he later followed that up with tell her about it in 1983 mm -hmm. and the song i mentioned a moment ago we didn't start the fire in 1989 he's actually had a total of 42 hits on the hot 100 chart but sadly has essentially hung up his sort of pop uh, songwriting, pop-making music hat um, ever since basically the early to mid-90s. He still tours and still plays music, but he's mostly focused on um, creating other kinds of music and not pop music. So, um, there you go. This week in 1980, Billy Joel got his first number one hit with It's Still Rock and Roll to me. Thank you, Keith, for your Charts Out of the Week. Keith, are you... Quick question before we wrap this up: Billy Joel or Elton? Am I John? a Billy Joel fan? Billy Joel or Elton John? I always, I always have this debate with people. Hmm. Well, they tour a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. They're friends. They're pals. Um, man. I, f oh, gee whiz, you know, I feel like I want I I a little bit Elton. I feel like I know more Elton, and I probably like more Elton stuff. 
Um, but Billy is amazing. Like if like his like if you if you get anything to start with, just get his Essential Billy Joel album or um, the Greatest Hits volumes one and two. I mean, th- it's just so good. And he made such like like his albums. Like he's like a stellar album artist too. But he also makes incredible hit singles. Elton hit after hit after hit after hit, especially in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. It's just sort of I'm insane. A, I, I'm I mean, a, they're both amazing. I'm an El- I'm an Elton guy. Uh, that that's why I ask. Um, but uh, Elton's also a big chart geek, by the way. Yeah, yeah, um, I actually did know that about him. It's funny. Um, yeah, he, um, he, uh, he, he was, he, he is, and he, I, I believe he probably still subscribes. I, he, I mean, he certainly used to. Uh, Billboard. He's a big Billboard follower. He, he knows his chart stuff. Um, I wonder what he thinks of time, Omi's cheerleader. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we can, uh, we, let's try to get him. Let's, let's try, try to get, get him, him on the podcast. podcast. Let's do it. So I think it could happen. <laughs> I mean that in all seriousness, especially cause it's like billboard. You never know. You never know, man. Billy, probably not. So We're much, sending out some positive maybe, maybe. vibes to Elton John. Um, Keith, before we wrap up, this is so what we just taped is episode 99 of the pop shop podcast next week hope we're counting them right is i hope so too, uh, <laughs> I hope so too. no one no, no one will tell us any different but uh next week is episode 100 we're gonna have some very special guests on um i'm i'm pumped man i i we've been teasing it for a few weeks and i i couldn't be more excited and uh yeah man i i hope you're excited too i <laughs> Considering that we've been talking about this for months, and we've been planning uh, <laughs> so much our, planning. our plan of attack for months, I'm super stoked too, and I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope you guys that are listening um, will join us in the celebration of 100 magical episodes of Bob Shop Bug. They really are magical. Uh, so it, it, they come the 100th episode. Maybe the first few were a little bit wonky. Don't go listen to those. Um, but in general, they're we should play. Great. We should play like snippets no. from the first one. <laughs> Good lord, no. That was like uh it w- it was October 2013. It was right around uh I think like bangers came out. It was somewhere right around there. So it's been a long time. Uh, I know I know at one point I talked about going to Cher's house and interviewing you. Did. I think that was in the first or second episode. <laughs> kind of set the vibe for the Pop Chef podcast. Um Oh. No, it did. It it, it was, you know, we we are the podcast that goes to Cher's house in in the best way possible. This was Billboard's first podcast, and now look at how many freaking podcasts we got. We got like thirty of them. They they keep having kids reproducing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So uh, tune in then. It's going to come out July twenty third uh, in the morning, and we can't wait to share it with you, Keith. Do you have any it's parting too bad words? I couldn't. It, uh, my parting word was: It's too bad I couldn't actually be live with you. Um, to do the podcast face to face, the hundredth episode. It's too bad we couldn't make that I know, happen. I know. Well, I'm I'm going to be in Chicago this this coming week. Where I'm kind of getting halfway to you. I'm going to going to Chicago. Yeah, that that's that's still not face to face. Meet but me that's halfway. A nice, that's a nice sentiment. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, Keith, do you have any parting words aside from that? I uh, know I don't have any actual real parting words. All right, man. Let's go out on "Believe" by Cher. Thanks for listening. Oh. We will see you for the hundredth episode next week. And take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.